Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on CageSidePress.com. I'm Dave Gilby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC heads back to the Apex this weekend for UFC Vegas 73, Dern versus Hill. We'll of course be breaking down that strawweight contest as well as two other of our favorite fights on this main card as part of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays, where we'll also give you an underdog and a parlay that we think will make your wallet fat this weekend. And as always, I'm talking to two of the fighters on that fight card. Kicking off the show this week is show favorite Lupita Godinez, who is getting ready for a very exciting fight on this main card. Plus, later on, I'll be talking to Orion Kosuke. Before we get to any of that great content for you, I do have to let you know that this episode of the Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by a brand new sponsor of ours, Game Up. Welcome to the game. Welcome to Game Up Hard Hydration, the new ready-to-drink beverage with the sports drink flavor for adult drink fun. But make no mistake, this is no sports drink. This is a refreshing adult beverage with 4.9 alcohol by volume. That's right, 4.9% alcohol by volume, and it's got a special blend of electrolytes and way more than a hint of flavor. A drink that's, well, very drinkable. Should you stretch before drinking it, it certainly couldn't hurt. Game Up is not hard seltzer because hard seltzers just don't work out. Game Up plays an entirely in a league of its own. It comes with your favorite sports drinks flavors, orange, lemon lime, fruit punch, and grape, and it hits all the right numbers at 110 calories, 1 gram of carbs, and it's gluten-free and has no added sugar. Game Up is for MMA maulers, urban fitness freaks, peak bagging badasses, tough mutter mothers, beer league brawlers, hot yoga hotties, high handicap hackers, committed cornhole huckers, or even just professional poolside posers who game up and get after it. Ask for Game Up wherever you buy beer or hard seltzer and bring it home for the team. Game Up brings you this episode of the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. The hosts are ready. The fighters are ready. Listeners, make some noise if you are ready for Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. Alright, and joining me today is Lupita Godinez, who fights Emily Ducat at UFC Vegas 73. That fight is on May 20th. So, Lupita, I wanted to start here. We are only going to be about 42 days removed from your last fight by the time we get to fight night here. Were, were you even back in training when you heard about the chance to take this fight? Uh, yeah, I was back in training. Actually, I was training as if I had a fight, um... Because that's what I do. That's all I do. So I took uh, a, a few weeks off, one week off, and I, w- I was back at training hard again. So that's why I was like, took this fight, because honestly, I felt like, yeah, like I was feeling the itch to fight again. And I'm like, oh, I hope they offer me something for Vancouver car. But I didn't say anything. I just let it flow, right? And uh, And then they called me for this one. <laughs> So, so you were hoping for like, you know, two months or two and a half months or whatever it is to that Vancouver card. You actually got less time than that. It, was that a little bit of a shock to your system? Uh, not at all. I was, you know, I'm always training. I'm always game to fight. So it was just like, and I've done it before too, right? A few times. So it's like, I'm not, <clears throat> I actually love this kind of like things like this. I'm really comfortable with that. 
Well, and so I, I, and you've said this to me before, right? Like you said, you, you like the short notice fights. You like being able to just jump from one training camp right into another and take another fight. What, what is it about it that you love, you know, just constantly being fighting it and not having any of that downtime? Uh, well, I, that's my job. And if I want to do it and my body can do it, it's now, right? I'm just looking at that, like that because like, well, am I waiting another five years? And then, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I won't be able to do that, you know? <clears throat> so of course the goal is to get the strap and everything, but I mean, get, get in there as much as I can. It's just giving me more experience. Like honestly, I learned so much and I think it's good for me. I, I like that busy, busy schedule, honestly. I like that. I like that. Now, you mentioned learning from your, your fights, and, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that last fight because it was a close one with Cynthia Calvillo. It wound up being a split decision victory for you. What did you think when that one was going to the judges' scorecards? Did you think you had definitely clinched the win? Were you surprised that it was a split decision? Um, honestly, when I was in there, <clears throat> I felt like I was I was landing the hardest punches. I like it wasn't like super clear like oh I won for sure because you never know when it goes to decision you know you we seen some weird decisions going to the wrong way right mm. but I was confident and uh, I don't know maybe yeah I I I watched the fight again and I I I mean yeah it was close but I do think every time I will land the strike like you will see like a bigger reaction from her. Yeah, that, that's the way that I saw the fight as well. Now, you, you mentioned growing from that, learning from every single time you step in there. What, was there something you feel like was your biggest takeaway in that fight, which was, was your biggest uh, sort of learning moment against Kelby Hill? Yeah, well, you know, with Angela Hill and, and, and this one, uh, Calvillo, they have so much more experience than me, and it just, see them in the cage like it's just like give me so much because like I have watched them fight since you know I just started training or I wasn't even training you know what I mean so it's so good for me to be like wow now I'm in there with them and and it's great I'm learning you know I'm still in a learning process so you know the way they move the way they do things like it's just you know like I'm just learning and learning and every fight comes obviously like I'm taking away new things. I'm learning new things. I'm, you know, putting more tools in my bag. So, you know, for this one, the way we're getting ready, I am learning, you know, some other stuff. So like that's in, in three, four months, I have learned so much just, you know, because I'm fighting two different opponents, right? And, and you, you mentioned the name Angela Hill in there. I actually wanted to mention because recently they changed the main event of this fight card on May 20th to Angela Hill versus Mackenzie Dern. So she's actually going to be headlining a fight card. You'll be fighting two fights below her. What, what were sort of your thoughts on, you know, sort of getting your fight right next to your past opponent, somebody who you learned a lot from? Yeah, it's great. You know, like that tells you, like, like that tells me, I just, you know, I deserve to be in there. Like I've been competing with, you know, some of the best, you know, some of the best females in the division. I'm like, they, that has been there for such a long time. And, you know, that was also, like, it was a close fight, you know. And, and uh, yeah, it was also a short notice fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. And, and I, you know, I, I usually like to ask people this one, and, and not that it's something that you want right away, but is that a fight that you'd like to run back with a full training camp? 
I mean, if it comes down to that, like uh, eventually, why not? Honestly, it will be fun to to you know to give her a better better version of myself. That'll be good. Um, but also, if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. I I understand that it's different path to get to to the goal, right? Um, but if it, if it, if it, if, it, if it comes up, of course, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that path to the top, your, your path to the top now runs through Emily Ducat, right? Somebody who's a little bit more uh, on your run of experience, right? Like she's been fighting roughly the same amount of time as you. She's got a few more fights than you do. She's been in the UFC a little bit less time than you. Is it nice to have somebody a little bit more on the same run as you? Or were you having more fun fighting the, the Angela Hills and the Cynthia Calvillos of the world? Uh, honestly, it does, I mean, it, it, it does matter because like when I'm fighting people that has way more experience, obviously for me, it's more like, you know, it's, 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 it's different. Uh, like, like I, I've been watching them since, you know, since I started hair, like it's, it's nice because we both, you know, we have similar, you know, like experience, I'm going to say experience. Uh, so yeah, it will be nice. Right to like it's nice, but I'm still like working super hard. I'm still taking this fight, you know, super serious, obviously. And I'm gonna go there and and show up and and just do my thing. And we're looking forward to that. Now, before I let you go, I usually like to get a prediction out of my fighters. So, how do you see this one ending? Come May twentieth. let's see, let's see. I got a few different ones. Uh, It could be um, me on top. Just take, you know, just. Just giving up um, on, on on like from a takedown and just ground and pound. I know I haven't done a lot of wrestling in my fights lately, but it's just like I'm I'm working on not falling in love with my hands too much because you know at the end of the day you know I have that Mexican blood and sometimes I just get carried away and I. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we we enjoy watching that version of you and we'll enjoy watching the more wrestling heavy version if that's what we see regardless fans you can catch lupita Ganitas fighting emily ducat once again on ufc vegas 73 that fight may 20th lupita thank you so much for the time i really appreciate it awesome thank you very much well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Lapita Godinez. I once again am Daniel Gubby Freeland, joined now by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, let's start here. Uh, I, I want to talk about Jelton Almeida. Obviously, I'm a big Jelton Almeida guy. He went in there and got the thing done against Yair Zinho Rosenstrike. He takes no punches again, bringing his total to two absorbed strikes in five UFC fights, 5-0 and at heavyweight. What do you think the sky, well, I'm going to tell you the sky is the limit on this guy, but what do you think is the ceiling on this guy for our immediate future? Uh, it's a, the sky is the, the, wait, how do I want to say this? Okay. The, he has no limit. I mean, this is one of the better heavyweight prospects we've ever seen just in terms of his well-roundedness and the ceiling starts and ends at he's going to be a future champion or he could be a future champion. Uh, will he break into the mainstream and become like a Conor Ronda? No, but he could in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, so you might be looking at, you know, the next Brazilian megastar and he's a heavyweight, which we all know sell, which we all know sells well. So, you know, there really is no limit other than the fact that English is a second language. So I don't know that he could become like a mainstream 
megastar, but he's going to be a star, and I think he has a good shot at being a champion. What do you think? Yeah, and I think what you're saying about him being a star is so interesting, because I, I actually had said this earlier to a couple of people, is that, like, we should be talking about him like we talked about Kamzat when Kamzat came through, right? Because everybody was talking about Kamzat's first two or three fights and being like, oh, he's barely getting touched. He's going in there and steamrolling people. He's doing this. He's doing that. And yeah, he did. And he looked great doing it. And I think we only talked about him because he's got the, uh, you know, he speaks English. He's got the smash uh, quote that everybody loved um, and, and was like a darling to the media. But his first performances were not all that much more impressive than what Jelton is doing. In fact, like, Jelton beating Rosenstrike right here in his fifth fight, it might lag behind the the Gilbert Burns fight, but heck, it's way more dominant. So, uh, yeah, I I think you're right about his stardom, uh, unless he becomes, you know, very fluent in English like we've seen out of some other Brazilian up-and-comers like Kaibo Ohio and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, talent-wise, I'm so excited to see where he goes next. I love it. Um, Well, I'll tell you where we're going next. Fights, dogs, and parlays for UC Vegas 73, excuse me, already up to UC Vegas 73, are we? It's our favorite segment on the show, Gumby. We break down a couple of fights, give a dog, give a parlay to play. We're pretty good at what we do, and hopefully you follow our gambling advice, so let's get into it. Gumby, does anyone sponsor this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays for UC Vegas 73? Absolutely. Fight Sucks and Parlay is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions, tag your training partners, log competitions, weigh-ins, and so much more. Ditch that dirty jiu-jitsu journal and get yourself Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. All right. Well, let's start then in the main event. Uh, we have a Mackenzie Dern fight in the main event. Uh, and we're big Mackenzie Dern fans here on this show just because of her grappling pedigree. Uh, and she'll be facing uh, Angela Hill. So first, let me just tell you that Mackenzie Dern is the minus 185 favorite. Hill, the plus 150 dog. Angela Hill is on a two-fight win streak. She had lost three in a row before that, so she's two and three in her last five, but coming off of wins of Emily Ducati and Lupita Godinez. And Mackenzie Dern is on a loss, coming off a loss uh, to Yan Jianan. She had beat Chator that, lost Marina Rodriguez before that. So she is one and two in her last three. But if I peel it back even further, she was on a four-fight win streak before running into that Marina Rodriguez loss. I think there's come into a lot about some of her decision-making ability in the UFC. Sometimes she relies a little bit too much to get it to the ground, and when she can't, it could spell trouble. Her striking has improved, but that all being said, she's 5-2 and two in her last seven, but 1-2 and two in her last three. So I want to just break that down a little bit. 5-2 and two in her last seven, pretty good. Upper echelon of the division. But two of these losses, 1-2 and two in the last three, she has not looked good. Coming off a majority decision loss, she's hoping to get back on the win train here against Angela Hill. Can she? Who you got? I'm I'm going to go with Mackenzie Dern. I, I just don't believe that the takedown defense of Angela Hill is going to hold up enough for her to survive this year. And, and really, I, I think when this gets to the ground, it, it's all Mackenzie Dern, right? She's She is a submission wizard. She submitted Nina Nunez when she got her down. She submitted Hannah Cyphers, Randa Marcos. She didn't get Virna Janjiroba, but as we just saw in her last fight, that's really hard to do. Um, and Tisha Torres had an okay time trying to keep her feet against Mackenzie Dern. 
But let, let, let's face it, like, Tisha Torres, a lot better at takedown defense than Angela Hill. So I, I actually think Angela Hill is going to wind up with her back on the mat. I don't think it happens to happen very often, especially this now being a five-round fight. It was originally scheduled for three. Um, but now that it's a five-round fight, I, I favor Mackenzie Dern even a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Dern here. Yeah, I'm going with Dern as well. I'm not going to add much because I agree with everything you just said. I'm actually surprised Hill is only a plus 150. So even if I found uh, some reasons to like Hill, and I, there are some reasons to like Hill. I mean, cardio-wise, she's not going to tire. I think while Mackenzie Dern has attributes that are way better than Hill, right, like the discrepancy between their uh, their grappling is enormous, but I find Hill to be pretty good at almost every aspect of the game, whereas I find Dern, her striking has still been coming along. Obviously, great grappling. I don't particularly like her takedown ability. I don't think she does a good job of even getting it to the ground sometimes. So if Hill can stuff takedowns, there are reasons to like Hill here, but I don't really like her at plus 150. I would be more inclined to take Angela Hill at like a plus 225. Um, so I'll just throw that out there as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think... If the value is higher on Hill, there's reasons to like her. But it's just at, at this price, and it's actually gone down a little bit too and seems to be trending like people are betting on, on Hill here. I, I don't see this as being playable again until, like like you said, plus 200, plus 225 or somewhere in that range. All right, let's move on then to Anthony Hernandez, a minus 275 favorite to Edmund Shabazian, a plus 225 dog. Shabazian, once a highly thought of prospect, is coming off a TKO win. Three losses in a row before that, so he's one and three in his last four. Trying to make it two in a row here, though, against Anthony Hernandez. Hernandez on a three-fight win streak himself, uh, coming off a big arm triangle choke over Marc-Andre Barralt. He is a almost three-to-one favorite here. I'm going to assume you're taking him, but what would be a path to victory for Edmund Shabazian? Or are you just taking Edmund Shabazian? Who you got? I'm actually just taking Edmund Shabazian. I'm going to go with a big dog wow. here. Yeah, and, and it's... It's part of – it's actually two or three different things. First of all, I think we're seeing a different Edmund Shabazian. You know, you mentioned once thought of as, like, this great prospect, right? On his way up, you know, he knocked out Brad Tavares. and People were talking about his head kick abilities. You know, a really miserable run after that. You know, he lost three in a row. He, he looked like, you know, like a shell of himself. And uh, I think people were selling on Edmund Shabazian. He took the time away. Well, and first of all, too, it's worth noting, those losses, Derek Brunson, Jack Hermanson, Nasruddin Imavov. Like, no no shame in any of those losses. So he takes 13 months off, and he changes gyms. He changes management teams. He gets out of the head movement business, so to speak, and he gets over to Extreme Couture, where he starts getting some actual training done. And let me tell you something. He came back in that Dolce Lugiambula fight, and he looked like a changed man physically, you know, like, like stature wise, he looks jacked. And in addition to that, he also looks like he's going back to doing the things that really worked and adding tools on top of that. I also really don't like the layoff here. We're seeing from Anthony Hernandez, Anthony Hernandez coming off a long layoff on his own. And I'll just say this. I think the physical nature of Edmund Shabazian, in addition to the fact that he throws good kicks and he's got powerful knockout power. I, I, I think he is going to give Anthony Hernandez trouble in a lot of different places. And especially as this stays over plus 200, I mean, I, I think you have to bet the dog here or you have to just pass entirely. And, and I'm betting the dog here. All right. I like it. A very bold pick here. Uh, Lupi Godinez, a minus 135 favorite. Emily Ducat, a plus 115 
very close odds here. Our girl Lupita is coming off a win. Uh, she had lost to Angela Hill, the aforementioned before that, and had reeled off two wins before that. So she's three and one in her last four. And Emily Ducat is coming off a loss also to Angela Hill. So they both have losses to Angela Hill. Uh, in common, she had won her UFC debut over Jessica Penne, so she's one and one in the UFC. And we, if we want to appeal this back to Invicta, she's four and one in her last five pro fights. Who you got? I'm going to go with our girl Lupita Godinez, and not just because she was on the show, but I, I'm going to be honest. I, it really worried me what happens to Emily Ducat when she's pressured. Somebody turns it up on the feet. And puts a pace on her. Because Angela Hill landed 182 strikes in their fight, which is an absurd number. Uh, and it was just basically by turning up the pressure on her. And when you look at that fight that she won against Jessica Penne, which gave her a bunch of stock, in my opinion, I really liked how she looked in that fight. But it was largely because Jessica Penne is kind of like a I'm either grappling you or I'm losing this fight kind of fighter. And she just ate her leg apart and just absolutely worked her over. I don't think she could do that to Lupita Godinez. Godinez is fast. Godinez gets after it. Godinez has, like, surprisingly good takedowns. Like, I think people sleep on how good her takedowns are. She took Ariane Carnelosi, who had fought all the way up at Bantamweight before. She she took her down eight times and, like, seemingly as easy as she wanted to. Even when she fought up a weight class at flyweight, her takedowns were there. Um, Her, her sister wrestles for the Canadian national team. Like, she, she is in the best position to potentially wrestle here. I think she's going to bring that pace. I think she's going to tire Dukat out and think she's going to put a pace on her that she just can't hold. Our official underdog of the week is Chase Hooper at a plus 110. We're feeling pretty good at him at the slight 110 odds. Yeah, I, I kind of don't know what to make of this fight at sometimes, but I, I do really like that, again, and I mentioned this about Edmund Shabazian, I like that Chase Hooper took time away, right? This was a really scrawny kid, a kid who, like, uh, very clearly, when he couldn't get the takedown, he's not going to win that fight. And instead, he went away, he started working with Michael Chiesa, great person to work with if you need some wrestling work, and he's bulking up. He's getting bigger. He's lifting weights. He's working with a strength conditioning coach. He's going up to 55, which is probably what his frame needs in order for him to have good wrestling and good strength. And he's fighting a guy in Nick Fiore who, you know, we haven't seen much of Nick Fiore other than he got blast doubled 300 times by Matthews Rebecca. So I, I really think that Chase Hooper is just going to get his grappling going. And when it's on the ground, I mean, Chase Hooper's money. So let's just say he gets it there once and he uh, picks us up some dog money. Our parlay to play is Carlos Diego Ferreira, minus 155. Carolina Kowalkowicz, a minus 150. Pair those two favorites together, though. It gets you plus 174 odds on a parlay. Break it down. I think Carlos Diego Ferreira is being wildly underrated here, mostly just because he's on a bad losing streak, right? This guy has lost three in a row. But when you peel back who he's lost these fights to, like, you can't talk about this guy as if he's on a three-fight losing streak to bums, right? This is a guy who's gone in there. And he's fought people who are literally the worst kind of matchups for him. Benil Dariush, Gregor Gillespie, Matthews Gamrot. What do we know about those three guys? Well, all three of them are damn near some of the best grapplers in the division, especially when you mix in the wrestling, right? Gregor Gillespie, Matthews Gamrot, those dudes wrestle. And Carlos Diego Fajera, really, really talented grappler who, you know, sometimes maybe his wrestling isn't as good as his jiu-jitsu is. So now we're going to see him up against Michael Johnson, a guy who doesn't have the wrestling as all those other guys, doesn't have the jiu-jitsu all those other guys. And I think Carlos Diego Fajeda gets it all going here and, and takes him down and beats him up. 
I think similarly about Carolina Kowalkiewicz, I really think she's looked really good since she, again, this is going to be the theme of the episode, took some time away, came back looking fresh and much, much better. She had that three or four fight losing streak to some of the top women in the division. Since then, she's looked really good. Vanessa Demopoulos is somebody who doesn't look sharp on the feet, needs the fight on the ground, and I really think Kowalkiewicz can take advantage of her on, in the stand-up. So give me those two negative 150-ish together and let's get a big number on the other side i like it that wraps up this edition of fights dogs and parlays hey let us know how we did uh in our advice you could reach us at top turtle mma on the socials gumby we're having a party here let's not stop what should we do now well we're going to transition now to my interview with orion koske who is fighting this weekend at ufc vegas 73 uh he's talking about his long layoffs speaking of long layoffs and some illnesses that popped up and kept him out of the cage and we'll get to all that great content for you right now. All right, and joining me today is Orion Koske, who fights Gilbert Urbina at UFC Vegas 73. That fight is on May 20th. So, Orion, I wanted to start here. You know, it's been 10 months since we saw you in the cage in a pretty big win over Blood Diamond. What, what has sort of taken so long to get you back into the cage? Have you been banged up? Have you been looking for a fight and just not get one? Maybe working on things. What's kept Ryan Koske out of the cage? Uh, what has kept Ryan Koske out of the cage? That is a good question. Um, when I got that COVID shot to get ready for the Singapore card, uh, it ended up, you know, messing up everything. So it made it a hard like for the weight cut. I was getting sick all the time after I got that shot, and so I'm glad I only got the one shot and not the multiple because uh, just for me, for some odd reason, it didn't take well to me. So. I regret getting it. I only got it just because, you know, the UFC was saying, hey, if you want to find Singapore, you got to get that shot. And I was like, well, damn. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. I don't want to miss it. But things ended up happening to where, you know, Blood Diamond had to pull out. So we were able to get the fight in Dallas. But even leading up to that, I was getting sick uh, way more often than not. It was kind of ridiculous to a point where I was like, I have no idea what to do. I know because I was you know, getting ready for going into a fight, I couldn't get an IV. But after the fight, I decided to take some time off to, like, let my body recover and think, like, okay, like, let's get back into training now. And I'd train, you know, like, once a day and I'd be fine. But if I train like I typically do, like, right now I'm training two, three hard sessions per day. For the last three months, I have not got sick. Four months, actually, and I have not gotten sick except for one time with food poisoning. That's it. But... Before that, I think all of maybe September through December and early January, I just kept getting sick. Like, I would train one really hard session or two really hard sessions, and it would just hold me out for two or three days. Like, I'd have, like, flu-like or cold-like symptoms for the next two, three, four days at a time sometimes. So, it was quite ridiculous. Um, But, you know, going past that, that's the only thing that was holding me out because no one wants to see a fighter go in not able to make weight and not going to be in the best shape that they can possibly be. So I didn't want to give the fight fans, the UFC or my team, you know, like a, a piss poor excuse of Orion Kosey. I wanted to give them my full attention, a hundred percent ready to fucking fight Orion Kosey. And, and so I have to assume then you had told them that you, you were not interested in fighting or were they coming to you with offers and you, you wound up having to turn them down because you just didn't feel like you were in, in the shape for it. They came up with one offer for me. They asked, hey, would you be ready for this event? 
um in february and i told them honestly like <clears throat> and that was back in late november or early december that i got asked i was like honestly i'm just, I'm just focusing on my recovery um because i told my manager and he's all hey like keep me up to date with how everything's going bro um because you know they care about us they don't just want you to fight just to fight they want you to be healthy they want to make sure that when you're going in to represent you know their agency or represent your team you're not just representing them. You're trying to represent the UFC with the top, you know, elite athletes that they look to sign up. So when I told them, I was like, I have not been healthy at all. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to see doctors. Like I'm doing everything I can to get this figured out. They pretty much said like, take all the time you need. Once you get healthy, once you're like at least, you know, two, three weeks of consecutive training, not getting sick, let us know. And that's exactly what I did. And so they were like, okay, we're going to try to find you a card. I was hoping for April, but it didn't pan out, which is okay. Um, and then they said, hey, May 20th, how does that sound? And then I was super stoked. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So hopefully just go out there, get a W, and uh, fight again shortly after. Absolutely. I don't like waiting. No. Ten months is too long. One year is too long. Absolutely. And, and I'm curious, too, because it was a big win. It was a really good-looking win in your last fight. You got the name Gilbert Urbina, a guy who's also been out of the cage for kind of a long period of time. What, what were your sort of your thoughts when they came to you and, and that was the name? Were we just so excited that we were getting back in the cage or, you know, did you have some initial thoughts on him as an opponent? Uh, you can ask Jason. Um, anytime that the UFC offers him and he talks to me, the first thing I tell him is, let's take it, brother. Like, that's the first thing I always say. I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm ready to fight. You know, just tell me a date, and I'll make sure I can either be at 170 or 185, depending on how much time I have to cut. And he, he always gets excited about it. He's like, all right, well, just do your research really fast. I'm like, you already know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Get me an opponent, and if we don't care who it is, uh, you know, I, I trust you to make the matchups. And so me and Jason, we, we have a really, really good uh, bond. So he, he helps take care of me. He gets me the right matchups. And he's always going to get me a fight where it's always going to be fun. Like, no matter what, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to have fun. And I'm just going to do my best to put on a performance where I can get the W. So so I'm sure you don't look at the, the matchup beforehand. You don't you don't go out and, and decide whether or not you want the fight. But I'm sure since then you've gone and done some research on Gilbert Avina. What, what do you think makes this such a fun fight between you and him? He's well-rounded. You know, he he has this, uh, a little bit of a striking background. It's a um, decent striking. He does really well with his lead jab to a short elbow off that. Um, he has a strong leg kick. Uh, the only thing I would say is he does keep his hands low. But, you know, we haven't seen him fight in two years, so he probably does a better job of that. Um, if he doesn't, you know, that's because he's trying to get ready for his wrestling and his grappling. We've seen how well he can use his wrestling. Um but I feel like he tries to be a little too explosive early on. I've said this in other interviews too, but it's just something I noticed. So I'm expecting one of two things to take place during this fight. Either A, he tries to come out, balls blazing, ready to, you know, shoot with fireworks and hope for an early finish. But I'm, I'm a tough dude. Uh, we've seen it. Like, I can take one on the chin if I need to over and over and over again. And I can handle a body shot if I need to as well. But... <clears throat> I definitely feel like if he tries to wrestle, he's not going to be able to take my back. And I know that if he does try to get uh, get it to the ground, he'll do whatever he can to try to make me turn so he can get that body lock. I've seen him use it in multiple fights. And he does a really good job at it because uh, he has long legs. So once he gets that body lock triangle, he's, he's really good at keeping that body lock triangle. So going in there, you know, he's going to try to throw some power, but I, I got mean power too. 
And, you know, a lot of fighters, they even say that after the fight, like, I, I, I hit hard, I'm real strong. So I just had to go out there and be the best version of me possible in order to be, you know, a strong, ready-to-go Gilbert Urbina. He's going to be hungry coming out. He uh, lost in the semifinal against Treshawn Gore, you know, um, and he wasn't looking bad, too. Like, he did well in the first round, and then he just got caught in the second round. And then we have his, you know, 10-day short notice against Brian Battle. It's for the 185 uh, tough uh, winner because he had to you know, replace Treshawn Gore. So I have nothing but respect for Gilbert Urbina. I know he's going to come out. He's going to be a very game opponent. And I'm looking forward to a fun one for the fans. Well, we're looking forward to a fun one as well. Now, I usually like to end these things with a prediction. I don't like you to get out of here without giving me one of those. So how do you see this one ended on May 20th? I keep seeing it uh, with me getting my hand raised. <clears throat> I feel like I'm going to get a knockout. All right. Well, you're here to hear first, folks. This is Ben Ryan and Kosuke, who fights Gilbert Urbina at UFC Vegas 73. That fight once again, May 20th. Ryan, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We would not have a show without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, Game Up and Maroon Social. And remind you guys that you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Top Turtle MMA. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gibby Freeland. He's Shockwave Dave Tremonte. And we'll catch you then.